Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 88. Just remember, if you want to check out my past shows and notes, you can go to callthatgirl.biz slash office365. And before we get going, we want to send out a shout out to AppRiver. Thank you for sponsoring our show here. I've been using AppRiver for four and a half years, uh, mostly for Office 365 products, but I do also recommend to my clients they can use the Secure Tide spam filtering and the encryption. Those are two of the favorites that I also do in addition to the Office 365. I have their spam filtering product and I really enjoy it. it I call it my second inbox. I get it the next day. And sometimes I find clients' emails in there that uh, sometimes I feel bad because I get it the next day, but I'm like, hey, it was caught in spam filter for a reason, so I try to let them know that because sometimes they're sending out links or whatever, and because I do email, sometimes I find that they are having email issues anyway, so it's a win for me. But anyway, if you want to talk to my rep, Steve Harris, his email is sharris at appriver.com. Give him a call, or excuse me, give him an email. Let him know that you're interested in becoming a partner or a reseller, and he'll set you up with one of his members on his team to get you all set up there. Remember also to mention Call That Girl if you have less than 10 seats that you need to work on. They have a special deal set up if you're a listener of the show or follow me online. Okay, so you guys, now I can get to moving on to some other things it is 103 degrees here september 3rd labor day weekend in vegas we're at the end of what i call the fifth season here in vegas it's not really summer's not really a season okay it's just hot and everybody's like well it's a dry heat well not really it's still hot and i know that the people in the moist heat like down in florida love coming here because they're not so you know, moist, (laughs) I guess that's the word everybody thinks is weird, but you know, you are hot here. And I actually have had um, my life turn into vampire hours where sometimes when it's 117 during the day, I tend to not want to go out till it's under 110 at night, but uh, we're ending the summer season here or the fifth season, which is pretty much hell. But soon here, in the next week, I can start enjoying my life again because it'll be around the low 100s and high 90s. And uh, let me just tell you that, I think I've said this before, when you move somewhere, make sure you know the temperatures uh, everywhere for the whole summer because I was not aware. I don't think I looked into it, really. You know, and I can handle the heat, but it is just hot. And uh, I've complained about it enough. So anyway, I'm excited for my real summer to start here which will be in the next week, and I get that for a few months, which is going to be the 80s and 90s, and I'll enjoy it, and I can still swim outside. Yeah. So if you hear my fan in the background, I'm also letting you know that that's a fan I have to have to keep myself from dying in my office uh, from heat. So if you hear it, sorry about that. I usually do have it in every show, though. All right, so it is Labor Day weekend. I'm kind of prepping for the end of year now. Um, third quarter of course starts October one and I tend to get really excited at the end of a quarter because I'm like, well, I go through each quarter and realize what was my, you know, good ideas that worked. What was my bad ideas? Where were my sales good? And you know, one thing I noticed that 
um, this year, it didn't even dawn on me because I really didn't care, was my exchange migrations went down dramatically. Now, I still do them, but last year was kind of like where I just really kicked butt and did a ton of them. And then I had to sit and think about it. It was a couple weeks ago, and I was looking at my numbers going, wow, my numbers are really down from last year. And then I realized, well, I think the reason why is because Office 365 is becoming a, I hope this is the right word, a, a commodity where anybody can learn it now, anybody can support it, anybody can sell it. And it's really an international thing at this point. A lot of my listeners I know are from other countries, so it's not just a, you know, it's just not a U.S. thing. I mean, it's everywhere. And I don't want to say that to sound stupid, but I mean, now that with my Facebook Office 365 group growing, I'm seeing it. And everybody internationally is having the same issues. So, I mean, it's not like it's just one place. It's everywhere. But the point I'm trying to make here is that Anybody can now learn Office 365. The computer repair shop down the street that's been like, yeah, I don't want to get into that stuff. Well, now it's easier to learn and sell it. And I really don't think that it's ever going to end. You know, it's it's the next thing. It's Well, it's been the next thing, but I mean, it is the hot thing. Anybody can do it. And unfortunately, the Craigslist guys are going to start doing it soon. Not Not the good guys on Craigslist, but the bad guys. You know, the ones that are the pizza tax and the ones that don't have real businesses and, the, you know, the kids in high school. So we got to be careful, you know, with this uh, product line that we make sure that we still have um, processes in place and we market it correctly and we're the, the better company than the ones that are going to start doing it because it's going to happen. But so anyway, that's when I realized that, wow, my numbers are down. And then I realized that my financial numbers weren't really down. So I've learned that I think I've had a switch up where my Outlook support has actually grown a little bit more and I'm not doing so many migrations. And I've also learned I haven't been wanting just to do the big migrations anymore. They're getting really complicated and struggling almost for a one person show like me. You know, so I did in the past, I don't know, a few months, I found a new partner to take on my migrations, I worked out a deal with them that, you know, they will, uh, they will do the migrations. They can either go through App River to do the sales and support, or they can do it on their own. And there is a difference between using a smaller partner and App River. And I'm not saying this to take it away from App River's work, but a smaller company doesn't have sometimes the benefits of a large company. So they might sell it cheaper, but you also get different benefits from it. And that's why you know, I have to, I have to kind of have to help the client decide what they want because, you know, a very small firm is not going to have, like I said, an, a SharePoint person on hand that's an expert like App River does, and they're not going to have a third level engineer. You know, they have to go through Microsoft then. So it's like they are using their vendor sources, but again, the client doesn't have to deal with that because they're going through the, the smaller vendor. Well, so anyway, I've been working on a program to refer a lot more workout. Uh, but like I said, I was checking my numbers and I'm less stressed out. I'm not making quite as much, but I'm happier. And I love being on the podcast and sharing in the Facebook groups my knowledge. And I'm finding that, you know, things are working out just how I like it. And I'm pretty happy about it overall. But uh, I still am getting Office 365 jobs. Interestingly, I had a client two weeks ago do a 10 minute chat with me 
And he was a small business. He went and bought Office 365 on his own. He realized that it was way too cumbersome for him to learn it. He um, was coming from, uh, believe it or not, an old free email account that his company has been using for many years. Excuse me. And they were like, we want all in. And they said, we're with Microsoft. And I said, well, you know, do you want vendor support or do you want to use Microsoft and use me for support? And he said, I want both. I want your vendor support and I want you. And because the vendor, you know, App River is not going to do all the stuff I do, the migration work, the setup, the, you know, I mean, that's not what they do. And I said, you know what? So let's do this. Um, I said, you've got four people. You have brand new Office 365 accounts. You've got all the new software to install. They want SharePoint. They want Teams. I mean, the guy was all in. So I was like, cool. I told him, why don't you consider an eight-hour ticket with me? And then we'll start a game plan where we'll just do little pieces at a time. And he was like, I love it. And he uh, bought a prepaid ticket on a Saturday, I think, which I was like, awesome, because there's nothing greater than a $900 ticket coming in that you weren't expecting. And tomorrow, now on Labor Day, I actually scheduled the setup on all the computers because his uh, employees were going to be gone. And I work on Labor Day because I have nothing else to do. So tomorrow... Actually, today is Sunday the 3rd. So tomorrow on Monday, I'm going to remote in, and I'm going to set up all four of the accounts on his, get all the software set up, and get the you know, the teams in there and all the little things ready so his, his uh, team can move to training next and learning the exchange environment. They've been on POP, I think POP for many years, and they also were on an, such an old account that I actually pre- uh, got them ready on Friday. I remoted in and downloaded all their email through IMAP so I can uh, move it to the exchange easier tomorrow. But you know, so far I've got in, I don't know, probably a couple hours on this job with two meetings, talking about the accounts. And then I also had to do a Microsoft to vendor CSP cutover, which was my first one. And it went awesome. So I loved it. I like seeing things just really magically work like how they should. And it was cool because, you know, uh, AppRiver, you know, is getting into this now. They're CSP. So if you're on Microsoft and you want to switch to AppRiver or whatever, you know, it's just pretty much uh, transferring the uh, ownership over to AppRiver. And it just really took a few clicks and that was it. And that is a lot easier than the story I'm going to talk about later, which is the big nightmare which you know I love talking about, and we'll save it for later. But um, anyway, so this job tomorrow will be great. I should have it done in a few hours. And I love jobs like this. You know, this is more my thing, is let's get it all set up, configured, trained, and then they can use me for prepay work, and I'm their IT person. And this, to me, is much better than, you know, dealing with uh, 15 people migrating on crazy, you know, email setups with Outlook and Thunderbird and everything else and... You know, I don't know. It's just, I'm preferring it. Let's put it that way. So on that note, I will say to you folks, if you do need me for aftercare, after some jobs or whatever, feel free to let me know. I'm available to pitch it and come in and help you. Uh, just email me, lisa at callthatgirl.biz. Okay, so tomorrow, also on Labor Day, I booked a Gmail job with a client who called in yesterday. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. These Gmail jobs, you guys, I get, you've heard me, if you've been listening for years, it's, and I've learned I just love Gmail now. 
as much as I don't want to love it, I've learned it's good money for me because the jobs take a long time to do and I know how to do them pretty good. So I'm loving it now. I'm not going to be a Gmail hater anymore. But the guy tomorrow, he has a 25 gig, I believe, IMAP on Gmail and it's broken. Now I've told you guys before with the signs of a broken IMAP. Typically people can't move mail from one folder to another. Their drafts don't work. They maybe try to move a folder. It says you can't. And then of course you can go look at the actual mailbox size in the folder versus the OST and compare it to the server. And I'll typically tell you if a Gmail's broken. So I'm doing that guy tomorrow. Last week I had the same client who had a 49 gig OST file. Actually, I think it was a PST file. It was Outlook 2010. And first thing I did was, oh my God, she's on Windows 7, 49 gigs. I can guarantee you she's got no hard drive space and she didn't. So that's a tip for you guys. Look at the hard drive space before you even approach any jobs because I make a backup of everything. And if you can't back up, to the hard drive, then you have to go get an external source or a network share. So my first appointment with her was looking at it, doing a spot check. She had five email accounts. The other four were small. This one was 49 gigs, but the actual mailbox was only 35 gigs. I went to Gmail and she only had 14 gigs. So in reality, she had almost 35 gigs of corrupted clutter in that PST file. Okay. So the first appointment was short with her. Then I had her go buy an external hard drive. And then after she got the external hard drive, I did a full export in the mailbox or in the outlook folder list, a full export of that Gmail to the external, just so I could have a good copy. And that actually backed up 25 gigs. Okay. So, I'm still like wondering what's going on. It just seems strange that it had so much there. But so anyway, then what I do is the, after that's done and that took hours to do cause it went to an external hard drive. It's not on the same drive. Then the next day I had to help the client. We went through the Gmail settings on the online browser and I had her go through all of the IMAP folders that were syncing with Outlook. Now, remember, I've talked about this before. If you go to Gmail, log in and go to, hold on, I'll walk you through it if you're following along here. Let's see, in Gmail, you go to the little wrenchy thing, go to settings, and then labels. And then over on the left-hand side, there's a little check mark that says show an IMAP. Now, for this lady, she happened to have a few hundred folders but she said, a lot of those are old. I don't need them in Outlook. And at that point, you can make a decision, get them off Gmail or keep them on Gmail. And her Gmail, unfortunately, was at 14 gigs. She had a 15 gig limit. So I had her buy more space because I just had a feeling that us going through hundreds of folders in her Outlook was just going to be a lot of work. And we'd already put in at that point, you know, some amount of time. So anyway, then she went through and unchecked all the folders and there was a lot of them. And I said, now these won't sync up with Outlook, but they're on your Gmail server. So if you need one, you have to go back to the, the online portal. So she got that understood. So then after I went back to Outlook, I, I um, added a fresh Gmail account 
And since it was going to be a lot of gigs, I told her, let this sit overnight. Don't close your outlook and just let it sit there. And the next day, um, I remoted in. I checked all the filters. None were applied. I looked and everything looked great. And all her emails were there. And I believe it was still, I think it was still 14 gigs, but I think she had a lot of, uh, actually I don't remember, so I don't want to say, but the point is, is that it was a fresh download and her Gmail now worked. And then once I proved it to the client, then I made sure there was no calendars attached, no contacts, no anything. And then I felt it was safe to remove the other account. So, you know, here's what I do, folks. I do not go remove the old one until the... The, the second one I added is working and fine. That's my, my backup just in case. Because I don't trust anything anymore. And I built her for two hours. Um, it would have been done sooner, but we had some password issues. And with the password issues, sometimes you got to go through the de-snagging of that and everything else. Um, that's kind of typical, but it was a four-day job. But I did have it done on Friday. And then I remember I closed the job with saying, okay, the job is closed. If you need any help moving further, I have to start a new ticket. The client was like, yep, I understand. And I, and unfortunately, um, I think she's going to need to upgrade her outlook. And I told her that too at the end of the close. Just, you know, the 2010 is just getting geriatric. So if you have to start telling people you're going to have to upgrade, I left that as a choice at the end of the two hours. You know, if you want to upgrade, we're going to add more time. I actually said that, but I was like, why don't you wait till it breaks again? And I hate to say that too, but, you know, I want to give it time because maybe it won't break. I mean, 2010 is still stable to some degree, but it breaks now a lot. And with the size of mail people have and all the struggles, it's easier to upgrade people and then just not have to worry about 2010. But yeah, that's that's part of my life here. Is always thinking ahead and trying to help folks. And then on Friday, also last week, I had a client that remoted me in and was like, yeah, I'm another 25 gig. This guy had it on pop though. So it was a PST file, but he couldn't let any folders go. They were all important. So I actually told him we have to do a one-on-one -on -one consulting for this. And here's why is because when people don't have the mass amounts of their email in an inbox and sent items and deleted and they're all in folders, that's their working folders. You kind of got to be ginger with these po folks and tell them you, and he's using 2016, by the way, you are at max capacity with that 25 gig PST file. It is going to blow up because if you've got this much in here now, just think next year. So me and him have it scheduled for next week to do a one-on-one. -on -one. And this is not always the case for me. Usually I can be in the you know, customer's computer all day and just chop at it and separate it. But his is very detailed. And um, as a coach, I'll call myself to teach you folks, as soon as you have to tell the clients, it's okay to take data out of that PST file and put it somewhere else. It'll just be in the bottom of the folder list. It won't be in that one. And that's why people panic. They're like, oh, I don't want to get rid of my email. And I can't, I can't think of it elsewhere. But it's going to be just in the folder underneath. And that's how you have to coach them out of it. Coach them down. The guy's got a fast computer. He's got a fast outlook. And, um, you know, I can put the PST underneath. So me and him are going to be doing, which, by the way, before I do this, I will definitely be making a backup of that PST file for sure because I can't mess with any problems. 
And then we'll start moving the folders out and probably create him a brand new PST file in the end because he had, even though he wasn't on IMAP, he's still having the same issues. These PST and OST files just get huge and break. And that's what they do. So, yeah, that's this has been an exciting week with that stuff. Um, the guy tomorrow will be good. I got him this week. And these are typically two-hour jobs for me, so I like it. This uh, guy on Friday actually bought a four-hour ticket because his company's been using me for quick stuff, and I, I really appreciate that. So I told him, I was like, yep, let's get you on a prepay. Let's do it. All right, so let's see what else I got here. Got the big job there, that one there. Um, that job. I'm just deleting things from my notes here. And let's see. Okay, I think I'm about ready to move on to the topic this week. I want to just t tell everybody that uh, last week I had a successful week with launching not a new service, but I launched a new way to get support from me, which is my new help desk. So if you want to look at it, it'll be in the notes. You can go to callthatgirl.biz slash helpdesk. And what I'm doing is selling an email, a question, and Facebook chat quick question help desk. I bill $10 a month for its subscription. Right now I'm not putting limits on it. I, I don't want to because I don't know. It's just something new I'm doing. And um, last week I sold, I think, four of them, which to me is great. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's the folks in Facebook that were asking me quick questions anyway. And they like asking me questions. I'm a reliable, valuable resource for them. So they we're like, yeah, I'll sign up. And I do have a little restriction is that, you know, you can buy it for one month and not pay again, but you can't just go and buy it when you need it. I've decided to make it an ongoing thing, which is kind of like an MSP model, which is a tip I got from one of the guys in my ASCII group. When this all started out a few weeks ago, I was thinking about putting some of my blogs on a Patreon account and offering the help desk and this guy from the group was like, why don't you just build it into an MSP model? And I was like, I love it. But then I got rid of the blogging Patreon thing because that is going to be a, a lot of work. So I just said, ah, I'll just do the help desk. So, you know, if you pay in, just consider me a resource. And before you go and Google stuff, feel free to ask me. Um, I know a lot of quick questions quickly, and I like answering questions. I'm, I have a lot of knowledge to share. And if I don't know, I have a lot of resources and a lot of other ways to get answers. And sometimes the answer might be, you can't do that or you can tell your client SOL or whatever, but it's better to have a resource available. And like I said, if you, um, you know, don't use it every month and you don't want to pay, then what I'm telling folks is then you have to catch up on the old payments to be in this, in the program. But we'll see how that goes too. I don't know. I just launched it and well, I'm pretty happy. All the, the folks that bought last week had quick questions and they were happy about it. And, um, two of them are fans from the show here. So I just want to put a shout out. Thanks. Um, also just a reminder that my SEO has been going pretty good. Uh, some people have asked me if I plan on getting out of Outlook and just doing SEO. And I'm like, heck no, no, I just love SEO. I just love everything about it. The analytics, the watching it, the helping folks. But I did get a request this week from somebody. It was actually last week that, um, you know, paid for the packages, but they were like, look, I want to do more with this. I subscribe to the technical newsletters. I want to take those. And what they've already been doing was putting them in their blogs 
and putting it on their blog. I'm like, well, why don't you do a next level and make those SEO blogs that work for you in your favor? The Technobble newsletters are great. They're perfect content to give out to clients, but you can take those two to the next level, which is before you publish it, put in some SEO stuff and change the title maybe. And also remember that, you know, those were intended for newsletters and people are using them for blogs. I don't know if that is how it should be done. It's, I don't really know, but the point is, is that you want to have yours a little bit different. So Google doesn't see the, you know, data is the same as other people. If they're doing the same thing, which I think people are, and I think that's allowed. I don't even know if I should be saying this to be honest, but anyway, I told the guy, yes, I can teach you to blog better, not just with those, but your own day-to-day -day things. And so, um, I created a package, which is now SEO coaching and it's blogging. And, you know, if you want to learn newsletters and how to connect your newsletters to your blogs for better traffic, I know a lot of people that do newsletters don't do the click here to read more. I can help you learn all that. So right now I put out a two hour package for $2.99, which we would do it in one appointment. Then you get some homework and then we do another appointment. And I'm pretty good at it. And every company does different things. So you consider it, you know, consulting, private, you know, training or whatever you like. But um, then you don't have to buy the packages and I could teach you how to do it yourself. I'm not afraid to teach people. I already have wrote an ebook about it. <laughs> so it's not like I'm, a, you know, worried about giving out the, you know, the SEO tricks. That's not my concern. I don't, you know, really compete with people on a local basis. So the more I can teach and help people to have better businesses, really what it's all about. So let me know. I'll put that in the notes too if you want some SEO coaching and all of that. And now we're going to go on to the newsletter I did last week, which spawned a lot of ideas, by the way. I don't know how this happened. It was one of those genius weekend things for myself. I was like, oh, I'm a genius. I did this. But I decided to create my newsletter called Tips on How to Buy Office 365. Now, these tips are meant for an end user to read. But then I got thinking about it and I was like, you know, there's a lot of new techs out there that are just getting their feet wet and don't know it either. So I decided to put that out for them. And I'm not going to cover the whole newsletter, but I put it out as a blog. Hold on, I'm going to catch it up here. Um, and this will be in the show notes also, tips on how to buy it. Um, there's a difference between Office 365 Home and 365 for business. And I covered that here in the tips. What I specifically point out is how not to buy it. And that is for any new technician or end user. I give a lot of good information on that because a lot of people join the bandwagon. Oh, I love GoDaddy. I'm going to go out and buy from them because they're so great because they're ads and they're Danica and blah, blah, blah. Yep. I do never recommend buying from GoDaddy. I do recommend buying you know, domains from them, but I've had nothing but problems with Office 365 from clients who have paid them, was quoted to have a seamless migration. They had huge problems. The texts that answer the phone are the salespeople. They want a commission check. They sell you on three years of service. I mean, it's just so overwhelming that I'm going with a support local model. Support your local computer to repair tech company instead of these people because they have so many issues right now going on that it's it's almost like uh, I want to be like uh, normal Ray here, you know, 
claim the unionists it's trying to get away from them because what I've seen them do has been bad. Okay. And I've, I'm free. I freely talk about this and I have for a long time. I was with them back with their old hosted exchange. That, that was a dream. That was great. But they messed up this office 365, six ways from Sunday, really bad. And here's the thing is that I got a call from a client uh, about two weeks ago saying, Lisa, I'm on GoDaddy. And I'm like, you know, I don't use GoDaddy. I have known you for seven years. My clients sneak and go behind my back because, you know, it's not that they don't want to hire me, but they're on the phone with them doing something and they get talked into it. That's what typically happens. They get snaked into the snake oil. But anyway, she said, look, I've been with them for a while and I need to use a, um, uh, an app. And I tried to install it and it says it needs to have administrator permissions. And I said, okay, so then what? And she's like, well, GoDaddy tells me that, um, they don't have that type of account with Microsoft, so they can't allow her to even get to that level. And I'm like, what? Well, you know, GoDaddy has some hidden things that they do on the back end that they don't let their end users see, you know, like the exchange control panel, unless you know exactly where it is. They also don't let you do a lot of other things because they're afraid of you messing up your account. It's kind of like they babysit it for you, which makes you have to call in constantly for anything. And I told her, are you 100% sure? And she said, yes. And she goes, they told me that they talked to Microsoft even, and Microsoft said they did not have the same accounts and she had to migrate off to another vendor that allowed her these administrative permissions. And I've known about this GoDaddy stuff for a long time, but uh, this was the first one that was real. Like, I was like, wow. And so luckily for her, um, I did one before, a GoDaddy to AppRiver migration. I'm, I'm using the vendor words here. And this could have been done with uh, Microsoft in general, but... Um, Epperver is the same, you know, back end for the control panels anyway. So I did one before and you know what? I will say it was probably a five to six hour job and I, the lady paid me three fifty, and I'd never done one before, but I knew by talking to Epperver that I was up for a big, you know, a lot of this and that, a lot of problems in between. Um, cause to cut over from one to another, there's a lot of pieces that you got to do and it, uh, you got to take a lot of notes, you know what you're doing. So I warned the client, I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And already now, since I've been trying to do it, I've had an issue. So I've had to already stop. And I went out to the Facebook groups and asked if anybody else has had this kind of issue. And one fella said, um, yep, it was 10 hours, <coughs> excuse me, of his time that it took to get one mailbox moved from GoDaddy to wherever he put it. And I warned my client, I said, this is not going to be easy and there's going to be drama. I just could tell her. And the thing is, she's a cool client. So she's like, yep, that's fine. You know, whatever. Um, it's three mailboxes. I think I got to do. And, um, you know, <laughs> I also don't even know if I for sure want to do it. I, I, you know, the last lady I did was one mailbox that I said was six hours. And the guy in the Facebook said 10 hours for one. And I'm like, I got three here. It should be fine after I get the account set up. And, but anyway, I talked to App River and they gave me very specific instructions now. So I'm going to be documenting that and actually making a little document to share with people because I think there's going to be a lot of folks getting off GoDaddy soon, if you know what I mean. So the document I create is going to be very simple. 
and with managed expectations on what to tell clients. Um, I do know that uh, I have one guy there I'm working with specifically, so I can feel rest assured that he'll be there to babysit me through it. I, I just really want to get it done. But, you know, the first lady I did not do um, migration whiz. I actually did it by hand. So the difference here is that I don't think it matters if you do migration whiz or by hand, you know, manually migrate. But my client did tell me that her mailbox is very large. Okay. And the other two are small. So I think on this one, I'm going to do the documentation. I'm going to use migration whiz because I think if I have a few days to get her data in the cloud, it'll make me just feel better. And then I might the night before just do a quick backup on hers as a, just a backup just in case. But the day I do it, I'm going in with both guns a blazing and I'm going to get it done because I'm not going to spend 10 hours on it no matter what. <laughs> I'm going to get that migration done. And uh, I think mostly because I told her I'd throw her a bone and give her a financial favor on that, which I never do, but I'm going to because I'm a nice gal. But I actually want to use this as a good experience for you people too. And sometimes I have to tell the clients, well, this is going to be happening to a lot of folks. I want to get the documentation made and I'll share it with my people. And, um, it's a good learning experience and I sometimes take that challenge on for these folks. But, um, so anyway, if you are listening and you are a GoDaddy fan, I'm sorry, but you need to have a secondary option because you get some clients. Let's say you move uh, 20 people over to GoDaddy and five months later you find out they can't use an app. You just totally just ruined yourself right there because you know, migrations are not easy. They're never seamless. They take a lot of time. They cost a lot of downtime, money, stress, and make sure you know what you're buying into. Okay. So I will put in the notes, um, the tips on how to buy office 365. I will also put my GoDaddy office 365 reviews in there. And, um, let's see. I think I'll add it to the resource guide too, or I'll add the resource guide in there just to let you folks know that I've been um, approached crazily. I don't know how this even happened in the past few weeks by some companies that want to work with me on content um, engagement for their um, sites. So there's going to be more content coming for me. I've decided to stop all projects till end of year. Um, no big nothing coming out. Whatever I have going is what I'm doing. But uh, a lot of the writing I've been doing for all these years and, you know, all the stuff I have, these companies are like, we want to help you distribute it. We want our subscribers to listen or to read it. So I got some good partnerships coming up here. And um, so I'm going to be focusing on writing content and maybe doing webinars again. I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of webinars. Like, I guess I don't know how to say it the right way. I don't know if I'm a fan of webinar selling or just free webinars, or I'm not sure yet. Um, I got to think about that, but there's a lot of things that might be a how to, and I got to show folks how to do it, but, uh, we'll work on something. But if you have any, uh, thing you want me to specifically work on or talk about, feel free to email me, Lisa at callthatgirl.biz. And then the next show is also going to be number part two, I'm going to call it, is, um, oh, where's my notes on that? Dun, da, 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 da. I had it here. I lost it. Um, I'm also going to do an Office 365 tips for selling Office 365 as a tech 
and how to support it. So there's going to be three parts. So this is like a three-part series, I guess. But I'm going to put it in my newsletter, too, to the end users because I want my newsletter folks, whether they hire me or not, let's say they have another tech, and let's say I help them with one Outlook issue and they're on my newsletter list, I still want my people to support a local company because, you know, I work with a bigger company. I'm the middleman, but they come to me. I'm their person. I want you folks to be that with your vendor of choice or if you use AppRiver or whatever. I want to stop clients from using the big companies on their own. It's getting so confusing. They need our help. So anything we can do to get the message out to all of our people to support local is what I'm going for here. And just a final tip before I close the show, start putting in your newsletters that you offer Office 365, okay? Start putting it out on your Facebook. If you need to, just create some simple write-ups about it and say, buy local, support local. And if you get the message out there to people, they will eventually start listening. And, you know, I... This is what I try to tell folks is you can't go to these big boys anymore. You got to use someone that you can work with, which is us. Oh, okay. Well, I'm out of breath here, folks, and I'm very thirsty. So sorry about the drinks of water you've been catching me do. But uh, reminder, you can uh, check out my eBooks videos, my tech tickets. I got them all in the notes at the end also. And uh, YouTube, all the stuff I do. Uh, this has been a Heyman Hendrickson production, audio supported by Mitch Heyman. That's it, folks, and I will see you next week. Thanks.